Hello, everyone. You're listening to the TV Zone podcast coverage of Mindhunter Season 2. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me for this episode is Chantel. Chantel, how you doing, ma'am? Fucking awesome. So, uh, I mean, it's been a while since we've actually done a podcast in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last thing we did? Was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Is that the last thing we did? Shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I can't think of the last thing you and I did, just the two of us, but that's definitely the last one we did. Um, I can. It's called uh, Stranger Things, which we never actually finished. <laughs> oh, what happened? <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Well, did, did we even really begin that? What did we do? One episode, two? No, we did. A, we did a few, and then we just kind of just yeah, you know, we just kind of. Okay, up. that's not the one. I thought that we started one and then we just kind of gave up on it. That's happened a couple times actually. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, but I think I think with some shows, I think doing it this way of like doing just a, like a overall you know season recap for certain shows. I think I think that's yeah definitely true. Especially when you do, huh? I was just saying whenever you do the episode by episode, all you're really doing is recapping, unless something like seriously important happens, which isn't every episode. It's usually like a couple episodes out of ten, or something really important happens, and there's really not a whole lot to talk about. True. I mean, it's just one of those seasons, so like. Some of the episodes are really interesting, and then some of them are just kind of like, well, that was it, you know? That's how I felt about it anyways. I still enjoyed it. Maybe not quite as much as season one, but I still thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, real quick, with season one, I mean, it was more about, you know, um, Ford and Tench, you know, going out and interviewing real-life serial killers that have been captured, and just them profiling it in, like, little things in their own personal lives. But this season, we get more. We get more of like an actual ongoing case uh, with the whole Atlanta murder thing. Then also, too, uh, BTK is kind of filtered in a little bit more this season. Um, well, I mean, what do you um, think of? Well, go ahead. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick because Hans said something and I didn't realize it because I never really looked into it. But are, are Holden and Bill not real people? No, they're they're based off of real people, but they're not real. So the characters, there is no Holden, Ford, yeah, or Bill, whatever. Bill Tench, no, no. Okay, like I, I did say, not really. Like I said, they're, they're they're you know inspired by real you know FBI agents or whatnot. Okay. But but no, they're they themselves are not actual real people. It's, it's just, I'll bring it up later, my main point, especially when it gets into the, like, the personal lives of the characters, and just like, why do they make that shit up if it's not even real? It was pretty interesting, but it's not even real. Um, but like I said, I guess I'll bring it up as we go, but um, I think, what was the first question you asked me just a moment ago? You asked me a question before I said that. No, uh, I said, what did you think about the fact that season two, they decided to have like a more of a main focus of the Atlanta murders, um, as well as getting even more into what BTK was doing? Okay. Now, as much as I liked both the season, 
I feel like the buildup of B2K in season one and what we get of him in this season was not worth what they built up. Because he's a serial killer that killed some people for, like, whatever, the course of a couple years or whatever, and then he disappeared until the 2000s. So we didn't even see him kill anybody in this whole season. They just talk about the people that he killed. So it's like, what the fuck was the buildup for? I know they don't really show the murders happening in this, but they don't even get to talk to him or really even go over the case that much. Which, he's not one of my favorite serial, serial killers. Not like I have favorites, but I kind of do. But, um... Yes, I, th- I think anyone who's <laughs> listened to you podcast knows that you have favorites. Right? Okay, well, he's not one of the ones I find to be that interesting. Um, that might be because of the way he looks physically a little bit. I mean, he's definitely <laughs> no Ted Bundy, you know? He's no Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, he's ugly, he's old and bald, and he's got a mustache. Just not not hot. But also, you know, who wants to see him wearing ladies' panties and stockings and shit? It was just gross. And I don't know, nothing about anything he did I found to be that interesting. No, he was a big serial killer because he killed a lot of people. Um, But like I said, I don't think the buildup was quite that great. And the Atlanta murders, they had me really really interested. Um, I was really creeped out. It reminded me kind of of... <sighs> what did it remind me of? Kind of like um, True Detective a little bit. True, is that what I'm thinking of? True Crime? True de- true it's a show. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of True Detective. What, like, um, season? Yeah. yeah. I got that dark creepiness um, vibe with the kids missing and everything yeah. like that. It was creepy. But then, again, I don't want to jump into it, but no resolution in the end. Just kind of like, well, fuck. You know, that's it. I mean, well, I mean, okay, so that whole thing was actually real. A lot of what played out on the show actually was real. How I'm surprised they focused on it, because I'd never heard of it. I didn't either. I didn't know anything about this either. So. Um, but no, that's nice that they chose to focus on something I'd never heard of, because when it comes to true crime, I've heard of a lot of fucked up shit, but I've definitely never heard of that, and it was good. I had no idea so many kids went missing. I guess that wasn't really um, played out in the public, maybe because they were black kids? Is that what it is? Uh, maybe, but also, too, it was more that's of a... That's what they were getting at, anyways. Also, too, it was more of a regional thing. So, um, oh, okay. Because, I mean, when you think about it, think... Okay, you kind of have to go back in that time, you know... It was easier to keep things like more local and on a regional level, um, opposed to like nowadays when something happens somewhere, it's known all over the freaking world because of you know, technology and social media and stuff like that. But back then, it took a while for things to be known about because, I mean, as you know, T- Ted Bundy, you know, he started killing on the West Coast before he even got here to Florida. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why he became such a interesting, you know, study or whatnot, because not only was he so unassuming because of how he looked and everything and how intelligent he was, and then he defends himself in his own freaking trial. <laughs> but, well, yeah, that was, I guess I just would have thought you know, with that many children missing, people would be more alarmed. Well, like they kind of say. 
feel like they kind of say if it was if it was white children, it probably would have. But because it was black kids, eh, not so much. Okay, so like I thought, that also had something to do with it. Yeah, that has a lot. To, that has a lot to do with it too. And I mean, we'll we'll get more into that as we talk here. Um, so um, speaking of um, Bill and Ford, what did you think of their relationship? Um, this season and how it kind of I want to say almost kind of sort of kind of separate it was almost like a reversal in a way I don't know if you noticed if you remember I I did notice I even made note of it because I felt like in the season uh, we don't get that much from Ford I don't know if it's because of his anxiety attacks or whatever but he kind of the season kind of lays off on him but he's not like he doesn't feel like the star here in fact it gets really into the personal lives of Wendy and Bill. Um, his is his of which is interesting. Hers, not so much. I don't know why the fuck they focus so much on her sex life and everything. Oh my gosh, she's a lesbian. That's crazy. It's not that big. You know, I mean, even back then, it wasn't that big of a deal, really, was it? In the 70s? Yeah. Um, it, maybe, it was I, a big deal. I wasn't surprised. She seems like a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. You know, like, <laughs> not surprised whatsoever. She's kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. It just I didn't think that her life was that interesting. I also didn't like the way she ended with a girlfriend. I thought that was a bit odd, very cold. I, I don't know if that's it forever. Like I noticed, whenever Holden dumped his girlfriend in the last season, or whoever dumped who, that was the end of that. They didn't mention her once this season, which I thought was very strange. You're together for all this time, and then you're not, and that's it. Um, so I don't know. But Bill and his wife. I don't like his wife so much. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I thought their um, private life was pretty interesting with their son. It's obviously fucking nuts. But yeah, like I said, um, Ford, this season, not the main focus. And for a good reason, I guess, because Bill had a lot going on at home. Yeah, he did. Um, I actually liked um, that we got more of um, Bill this season. And um, the actor, uh, Holt, um, I can't even never remember his last freaking name, but I mean, we see him in a lot of things. He always plays like the bad guy or, or, you know, like the bad guy's number one man or something like that in movies. But yeah. here, you know, he's actually playing a good, a good guy in a way. And mm-hmm. I, me personally, I, I think that he should get some type of award, you know, notice because I sure. really... I felt like he had the toughest role to play this season, really. Yeah, he did. Not only is he dealing with, um, you know, all the crazy shit that he goes through on his job, of course, you know, going to talk to serial killers and investigate the serial killers and stuff like that. But then when it comes home, you know, and everything that happens with um, their son, you know, even though he's adopted, but still their son, um, you know, and how he kind of has to, you know, balance both sides and how he lets his emotions in certain episodes in one particular scene we'll talk about when we talk about some dude named Charlie. Um, but I, I, I feel like he should like get some type of award nomination, whether it's Emmy, Golden Globe, something. I, I just feel like he has the show. Has the show, show received any awards? Um, Cameron Britton, uh, who plays. Um, Ed Kemper, he got nominated for best. Really? Actor. Yeah. And I can see that. One. Yeah. I mean, it's but, pretty compelling. 
he is. And if, I mean, if you've seen the real Ed Kemper in an interview, then yeah. it's like small part. It's almost like is this? It almost makes you think like is that the real guy? <laughs> even though it, even though it's not, but it's like it, it makes you wonder because I, I've watched the interviews of the real Ed Kemper. And they do the like the side by side split screen, and it's like it's the same freaking person. Yeah, I thought the Charlie Manson um, actor was pretty. I mean, he looked like him anyways. I don't. I'm sure you know he embodied him somewhat, like as far as what he talks goes. Because I've heard him in interviews, but a lot of what he says just sounds like rubbish to me. Yeah, that's exactly right. It just sounds like some demented meth head, and there's plenty of those in Indiana. Like I grew up with a thousand Charlie Mansons. <laughs> so, I mean. Well, okay. Well, since you brought him up, I mean, we might as well talk about it because he was. I mean, when this season came about and when the trailer dropped and everything, they put a big emphasis about, oh, Charles Manson is going to be featured, you know, in this season. And just like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we only get one scene of him. Uh, And it's a shame because. I mean, the bits in season one and two where they feature, like, the actual criminals, like the famous ones, those are my favorite bits, like, the whole season. All you get in this one is a little bit of Charlie Manson and a little bit of David Berkowitz, and that's it. Well, I'll say this. Berkowitz, that was... We didn't need to get a lot of him, because he's... I mean, it, it is what it is for him. I, I he's was, also not... One of my favorites, not because yeah, he, 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 he's if, if anything, it'd be nice. I mean, he's not a serial killer, but it would be no, nice. he only killed like what five people. No, no, I'm not talking about Berkowitz, I'm talking about uh John Hinkle. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, because they almost kind of own the same line. I mean, Berkowitz supposedly did it because the dog was possessed and was telling him to kill, you know, whatnot, right? Well, Even, it would have been a lot cooler if it had, you know. And then when he admits that ah, I made that, all that up because it made me more famous or whatnot. I so, was super disappointed when he said that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, he wanted to be more famous. So that right there lets you know that he was cool, calculated, but why did he select certain people to kill? We, we still don't know that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, somebody like Hinckley or um, trying to think who else was around that time that could have been more interesting. Why didn't they ever focus on Ted Bundy? He was 70s. They made one reference, I remember, in this Yeah, they, I, well, you know what? I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure in season three we will get, we probably will get, because he's arrested and he's in jail in Florida, but if if season three takes place when, I, when I'm assuming it's going to take place, which is going to be in the, in the 80s, I'm assuming. So he would be in jail because he did get executed in what, 89, I think it was. Some... For like what, 10 years at least before he died? Yeah. So, uh, because you remember, he he actually helped the police, you know, in regards to, I think it was the Henry Lee Lucas case. It was, um, what's his name? He called him the River Man um, from Washington, was it? Uh, what the fuck is the guy's name? I know this because he's an Aquarius, and there's not that many Aquarius serial killers. You talking about <sighs> the Green River killers? Yes, that one. Yeah, he helped with that, but he also, I think he helped with uh, the Henry Lee Lucas one here in Florida. You know, the guy who killed uh, John Walsh's son. I think he kind of, you know, Henry. You know, uh, uh, 
portrait of a serial killer. Michael Rucker played him in the movie. Portrait of a serial killer. Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas. I have literally never heard that name. He's the one who killed John Walsh's son. And that's why John Walsh started with the whole thing that he went on. Oh, John Walsh's son. Florida, right. Yes, yes. I believe he he also kind of helped with that as far as they interviewed him in regards to that. To try to find okay. out who, you know, what was going on with that. Alright, because I read somewhere that um, I'm going to feel um, really... I, I, did you ever see the miniseries about him? About the Green River Killer? Yeah, with uh, Tom Cavanaugh played the cop that was like on the case or whatnot. I don't think so. I bought like something about him. Gary Ridgway, that's his name. Yeah. Gary Ridgway. It's, I mean, his name is Hale, though. Oh, okay, no, I saw I bought like a documentary about him on Prime, but I never saw him in any series. I didn't realize there was one. I always get afraid that I'm gonna see some like rotting corpse with maggots all over it, and it's gonna ruin my life. So I kind of well, it was a TV it. movie, so you no, you ain't gonna see nothing like that. Um, and what's it called, Gina? And it was called uh, the Capture of the Green River Killer. It came out in 2008. Oh, okay. No, I'm surprised I looked that over because. Every now and then, whenever I focus on the new serial killer, like, I'll go through these gas cans, like, through these spells where, like, I become obsessed with one thing, either, like, cryptozoology or mythology or whatever, and serial killers, and I'll focus on that one thing forever. Still kind of hung up on the Andrew Cunanan thing. Can't really let that go. Um, but there's only so much info out there for you, and the guy's dead, you know? Like, what can you do? This is true. That is true. Um... So, I mean, we were still, well, yeah, I forgot when well, we started talking about Charlie, but we went away from him. Um, so, yeah, we get this one scene where Bill and uh, Ford, they go to see Charlie. And, and and Ford, he acts as if he's like a fan of Charles Manson, whereas, whereas um, Bill is more like, I can care less about this, you know, this piece of shit. Whatnot, you know, I, don't, I don't really want to be here <laughs> you know, to talk to him. And I thought it was interesting, too, that when they first get there to the prison, that we find out, like, oh, Charles Manson is in the same prison as Ed Kemper. It's like, hmm, I didn't know. And I I don't know if that was true or anything. Like, they was actually in the same prison. I don't know. I probably have to look at it. I didn't look to see. Probably not, right? I think so. I think so. Well, it's a pretty popular jail in prison in uh, California. Pretty popular prison in California. But I thought it was just interesting that you know both of these guys was in the same prison at the same time. And it is and, like why the hell did they think before like oh my god while we're here we should ask Charles Manson what's going on you know like, I would. And so and so when they go talk to Kemper and everything just to you know waste time because Manson is in the hole and everything. It, he kind of has this like he's he's annoyed but also that he's jealous of all the attention that Charles Manson gets <laughs> um, I mean we don't really get a lot of uh, Ed Kemper this season uh, what do you think about just this one scene with him and the fact that we don't get a lot of him when he was like a heavily featured you know support character in the first season yeah I was disappointed by that is that the only is that the only scene with him then just that one. I believe. So. I, mean, I think you're definitely right about the jealousy thing. You know, she points out how short Charles Manson is. Like, 
because he's so tall, you know, he's like, oh, by the way, he's really short, just don't point it out, you know, like, I don't, I think he was short, but he was still, like, what, 5'7"? Yeah, but that's short as shit, still. I guess it is, yeah, but I'm not 5'7", I'm shorter than that. Yeah, but it's okay when a woman's short, when a dude is short as shit, It just felt like it was petty. I mean, it is, but at the same time... You know, he's getting credit for being a serious, he's getting credit for being a killer when he didn't kill nobody. Whereas Ed Kemper, he's, he legit killed people, and the only reason why he got caught because he turned himself in. I feel like, due to the popularity of this character, it's probably the only reason that they decided to drop in on him, because I doubt they would have, especially after the guy sent Holden uh, to a fucking panic attack, you know, to the point where he was in the hospital for days, like, I really doubt. I would. I wouldn't want to go visit him again after he. Only, you know, he could have. I don't know. I just. I felt like because he was such a popular character from the first one, maybe they just wanted to throw him in like a cameo. Oh, there he is again. I can't breathe. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Um. So they go to to meet with um Charles Manson, and it's funny when you know they're sitting there, and because. You know, Manson is built up as a larger-than-life character. So when he comes in and here he is, is basically like this short, diminutive, you know, man or whatnot. And it's just kind of interesting in a way. Did you notice he was wearing jeans? Yeah. Why Would was you... he wearing jeans? They're in prison. Well, you don't he... get to wear jeans in prison. Well, if, if you are, you know, a celebrity, quote-unquote, and you're given certain perks. I guess, but he looked as I expected him to. He walked in, little tiny guy with bell bottoms on. He looked like a hippie. And don't they cut your hair in prison, too? I thought they did that shit. Meanwhile, he looks, you know, just as you would imagine, too. Big beard, big hair. Well, he had been in prison for a long time at this point, though. This is 1979. I guess so. Yeah, he's been in prison for some years now. <laughs> I just um, really didn't see the genes happening. I think that if I, you were in a female prison, you know... You get your ass beat over a pair of jeans. I don't see how he could have gotten away with it. Well, he, I think he was like in. I think they kept him in a like a certain wing of the prison, I believe. So, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they really wanted him co-mingling with the general population. Yeah, so, I guess. Um, but so it, well, let's point out too that uh, Charles Manson here is played by the same actor that played him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that right? Uh, yeah. The same guy? I didn't even know it. Yes. I still think that the guy... You say it's the same guy, but I felt like the guy... Okay, it's the same guy, but I felt like in the movie he looked like... I know you guys said you didn't think so. I swear, in that movie, when he smiled, he looked like Colin Firth. I guess I'm the only one that's seen it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Um. I'm going to send you a side-by-side picture of Colin Firth smiling with a beard because I'm sure there's a picture of it out there and I'm going to send you that same picture of him smiling Um, but but I mean what did you you take away because since you have you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you've seen this did it feel like it was the same you know person just years later um I guess he looked a little bit more clean cut in the movie well yeah I mean he was a little bit younger um and everything, because it is 1969. And Younger, so scruffy, yeah. you know, more trend. Yeah, so... 
still a he's got a a good um good comparison I think nice choice do they know that he was I wonder which one came first I wonder which one they started filming first or which one he was cast for first uh, I, I, I the don't same know. That's, that's, two different. I, yeah I don't like I said I don't know that's, that's I don't know, we probably have to ask uh, David Fincher and Quentin Tarantino that. So, or ask him that. Which one did he get cast in first? And how did he feel about playing Charles Manson at two different points in his life? So, it's strange. Um, yeah, it is, it is, but it, I mean, it happens. It happens. Um, what did you think about, like, that whole interview process and how Manson basically pushed Bill to his limit? Did you? I felt like Bill was being unreasonably rude, but I think it's because of the ordeal going on with his son. You know, kind of like from his perspective, like older kids. You know, um, I guess he felt like older kids influenced his kid to do something stupid, and that's exactly what Charlie Manson was doing to other people's kids. And so, from that perspective, I felt like that's why he was being such a, you know, grumpy bum. Yeah, that, but but if you notice how Charles was talking, he's like, you know, your you know your kids, and I picked up your kids that you left on the side of the road that you threw away like garbage, and how he kept putting it back on them, like he was using Bill as society, and and everything. It, it, I, to me, it's one of the best scenes of the season. Oh yeah, definitely powerful. Yeah, because of how they talk and just like how everything was. Everything they basically was saying was bigger than the two men that was actually talking. It was more of a metaphor for a larger issue that goes on. And how Manson was never putting anything on himself. <laughs> like, when they bring up about Susan Atkinson and uh, Tex or whatnot, he's like, no, no, they come to me about the ideal or whatnot. And, and I can't. <laughs> and, yeah, my, that's my Charles Manson. Right? But he's like, no, no, they came to me with the ideal. And I couldn't. I mean- I even believed him at the time. He's definitely good at being manipulative. That's for sure. Yeah, but I, I love I love when they say say well well Charlie, you wasn't there for the Sharon Tate merge, but you, why'd you go alone for the other? So, well, well, I had to, you know, I, I went alone, but I didn't go inside. Why didn't you go inside? Oh, it would been violation of my parole. <laughs> <laughs> like really? Like what? Do, like what the hell? So, so and he's all the DA came up with that whole story, and then they put Linda. Uh, What's her name? Um, what's her name? The one, the one that Maya Hall played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Linda Sadie. Kurz. No, Sadie, Sadie's the Sadie's the um, the uh, dark haired girl, the one who gets who gets roasted in the in the pool. <laughs> well, there's only two that I remember being definitely famous, and then there was one that I didn't know so well, Linda whatever her name is yeah she's the one who she would because we're talking in regards to the the sharon tate when she's the one who stood outside she never went inside in real life she didn't go inside she mm-hmm. was just a lookout for that one it was tex and and uh, sadie and um the other girl they the ones who did all that with them um but in the movie you know they have played by maya hulk she runs back to the car and jumps in and drives off and leaves them basically so I thought that was kind of funny, but she's the one who testified against them and everything. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't tell you this at the time, but my best friend growing up, I won't say her name because I don't want to get her in any 
kind of trouble, though I'm sure she'd love to take credit for it. She did when we were teenagers anyways. Her aunt is actually Susan Atkins. Huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, she's you know, all the time when we were kids, she'd brag about it. She's kind of a fucked up person. But, you know, words of a feather. Yeah. But you know, I always kind of find that interesting. Like, one thing that you don't really hear about is the families of these people. Like, how they have to deal with that, you know, being related to. She, from, she told me, like, her, I mean, her family. It's a good family. Like her father, it's her father's sister. Her father is an optometrist. You know, it's not like they came from a poor house or anything. They were like a decent family, from what she said. You know, parents married like forever. And I, mind you, I don't know how much was bullshit, how much is real, but from what she told me, it was a pretty normal upbringing. So, um, nobody understood why she did that. I mean, everybody's wired a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I've always, I was always kind of intrigued, like how family members of people, you know, that commit these type of murders and become infamous and everything. Like, how do they, how do they deal with that? You know, I always wondered that too. I'm sure if you read any of the books about it, it'll probably get into good detail about the family lives of people. I mean, in this one, it kind of got into detail about Tex Watson's background. I didn't realize he was such a clean cut, good old boy, but. I guess so. Yeah, he he's not like uh, Austin Butler in in. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, soon to be Elvis or whatnot. I can't believe that shit. Uh, uh, yeah, we see how that goes. But um, but yeah, we do. We get a, we get a scene with Tex, which I was not expecting. No, uh, like a bonus. Yeah. He was so, hot too. Like the real Tex, I don't know about you know. The guy in the show wasn't as good looking as Tex. Not in all the pictures, but he definitely was hunky. And there you go again. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> does, does Hands know about this? Yes, I did. I actually mentioned it to Hands. I said, Hands, you know, what did I say to you, babe? I was telling you about how the guy could have been an actor in real life. He was so good looking. And I actually Googled some pictures and showed it to Well, but yeah, I, like I say, that, the, the tech scene I was surprised by because we wouldn't expect that. We knew it was getting Manson and everything, but I was like, oh, they showed text. So, okay, that's interesting. And, and him and Ford, they had an interesting conversation because it, it kind of raises the question who do you believe? Do you believe Charles Manson's side of it, or do you believe what tech said in regards to how they went out to kill? So, I'm asking you, how, which side do you believe? I don't believe, I don't believe Charlie Manson, I don't, I, I mean, if you see some of the shit, like, that went on in the court, where, like, you know, he shaved his head, so the women come into prison, with her, or they come into court with their head shaved, and they, he puts a swastika on his forehead, and they do the same thing, obviously, they were, like, obsessed, and under some kind of power of his, I really don't think, I think he's a good manipulator, and he's charming, and, you know, good at telling stories, and that's what he was doing. He's just telling stories. Um, I mean, he was, I, yeah, I don't believe it at all. Yeah, I'm kind of saying, and for me, what kind of put the stamp on that is the end of their interview when they're getting ready to leave. He signs Ford's book, and then he's like, hey, man, can I, uh, can I have your, your, your shades? And he takes them. 
And then as they're walking out, the guard he comes up and say, "Mr. Ford, uh, uh, Charles Manson here um, took these from you. Says he took them from you. Right. Because that's what he told everybody. That yeah, I took the shades off of the off, off the FBI. So right there, that's him manipulating and twisting the story. Classic of, bullshitter. Because yeah. I mean, he has he he did have a life of crime, unlike the people in his family, like you know the Manson family. Most of them were clean cut. You know, people from the suburbs. Um, but not him. He had a life of crime pretty much his entire life in and out of jail and shit. From Kentucky all the way to the West Coast. So I really don't believe he was just innocent of other people's, um, you know, like, I don't believe he lost a power struggle to other people. There's no fucking way. Yeah, so, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And, like I say, what? Those kids, I mean, I don't think we'll ever know like the true one hundred percent of the story because everybody has a different version of it, basically. Even the ones that was, you know, even the ones that was, around, you know, a part of the family. Because I mean, all of them didn't get arrested and go to jail and everything like that. Um, because hell, you didn't even know half of real names. They all had like nicknames, you know, Squeak. Even though Squeaky went to jail for a different reason for trying to kill Gerald Ford. <laughs> oh, <wait, laughs> not. <laughs> but I mean, oh. a lot of them. Hmm? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. She, she, because she didn't get arrested when, you know, the ones who did the murder. She didn't get arrested with that. She got arrested for trying to assassinate President Gerald Ford. By the way, it just came to me. Linda Kasabian, I think was her. There name. you go, Linda Kasabian. Why'd I call her? Yeah, call her, yeah. Yeah, Linda could say. What was I? I don't know what. I don't know what last name I was trying to give her. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know why I decided to know that name, and all of a sudden it just hit me. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Kasabian. Yeah, yeah. She's the one who. She got a Linda. They put Linda Kasabian on the stand, and she gives this testimony. Charles Manson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still love that scene. Oh, I, I watched that scene like. I don't know how many times after the show. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just like the scene. I think he. He should get nominated just for his one scene. I mean, it's a ten-minute scene, so it was. It was very good, very effective. I mean, if if um, if Anthony Hopkins can get nominated for an Oscar for just being on screen for fifteen minutes, he can get nominated for <laughs> for I a ten-minute scene. Same thing with Judy Dench. You remember she won that Oscar? Exactly. Jake's yes. Unfucking believable. <laughs> ten minutes of a glorified cameo, you win a freaking Oscar. What the hell? Oh man. But um. But yeah, okay. So let's 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 move away from that. Uh, cause we could we could probably talk all night about just that once. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I mean, we did talk a bit about Wendy and her. She gets a little bit more to do this season. Um. She kind of goes out of the office. Her and that other doofus. Um. That's that's a part of the team. They go and interview the one dude, and that was a complete train wreck. Um, and that's another murder I didn't know about. Um, uh, the, the young guy. Oh, you never heard of the Candyman? I mean, I mean the Candyman you know, and then the Candyman no, Texas. No, I know what you mean. No, I, no, I didn't. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, that's one of the. Um, I stumbled across a very disturbing documentary about him a few years ago. Looked into that. Really horrible shit. Uh, one of the more interesting ones, but still, it's uh, kind of reminded me of like. Albert Fish meets John Wayne Gacy. Ugh, Jesus. Yeah, like that. So, um, but yeah, 
I, I thought it was an interesting interview. The, the guy who, not okay, the guy who uh, is playing uh, the, the the real person. That actor didn't he? He looks familiar. Like I've seen him in something before. I only saw the episode once. I saw all the episodes once, and I'd have to look at his face again to tell you. But I probably could tell you what he was from. I don't even know his character's name. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember the guy. He, I mean, I remember the Candy Man, which was Dean. That's who I remember, but I don't remember his name. So uh, I just started typing in "True Detective." I'm such a retard. Uh, what is the show? Mine Hunter. Uh, yeah. Go on, you can keep talking. This is just something I'm doing. No, um, but yeah, I, that scene. I mean, Wendy, she kind of, she kind of opens herself up literally by, you know basically coming out as a lesbian and, and of course doofus cop he looks at her like like what and everything like that and because he he was supposed to be the lead on this whole interview thing and he just basically bombs the whole damn thing like why would you let out of the basement basically um i thought she did a good job in that scene and to kind of get him to open up more when she kind of reveals more herself yeah um, which, didn't she just tell the guy that she made it all up though like about her being a lesbian. Like she comes out. She she tells she tells the doofus that. Yeah, know, she right. tells him that. But you know, we know watching it that she's telling the truth and everything. Um, but yeah, I, because the actress who played uh, Wendy, you know, she was on the TV show Fringe. I don't know if you ever watched Fringe. Oh, excuse me. Um, um, they used to they used to come on Fox. It was actually a pretty decent show. I mean they. Of course, you know, Fox, they end shows randomly. I remember thinking it looked like a supernatural kind of version of the X-Files. In a way, it was, but it, it, but it, was, it was good, though. Mm-hmm. Like I said, but, you know, Fox, they sometimes they get stuff on their hands that, I don't know, they feel that their audience um, might not be too smart for. So it's like, yeah, let's cancel this. And and um, it, it, it died a horrible death. That um, guy, by the way, that you just said to me, what he was from, he was in Nocturnal Animals and he was in Game of Thrones. He played young Ned. Yes, that's okay. That's where I knew him from. I knew him from Nocturnal Animals now that I thought about it. I thought he, his redneck face looked familiar. Have you seen Nocturnal Animals? One of my favorite movies. Oh, here's the funny thing about it. I haven't seen it, but I actually own it. Really? Oh, dude, you should watch it. It's really great. It's, like, seriously one of my favorite movies. It's beautiful. It's creepy. It's dark. It's really good. And it has your your, your guy, um, Michael Shannon. Love Michael Shannon. Love Jake Gyllenhaal. Great cast. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful cast. Army Hammer. I don't know. Army Hammer. I can't believe that's his real name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He got that little baking soda money. But anyway. I thought that same um, thing. I sent that picture to Christian with a picture of him and the next him, Arm and Hammer. But I, I, but I knew his face looked familiar. I was like, I knew you. I, I knew I knew you from somewhere. Um, and when you said Game of Thrones, I was like, yes, young Ned. Is he British then? That's not what I knew him from. I, I, maybe. I don't know. You know, you know, British people, you know, they can... Oh, yeah, he is. Since he's English, he's 26 years old. From Hull, England. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> but, like I said, I thought that was a good scene. But uh, in regards to Wendy, though, like I said, we get more of her, you know, 
her own personal life and like you said the whole thing with the girlfriend who we actually never get to hear by name really um, they never said the name once that's they never said her name just bartender chick that's yeah that's basically what she was we never got a name i guess it's not important because she's gone now but i had an interesting theory about her and so okay so you know the first when the first time they go to that bar that she's bartending ford takes wendy there and ford kind of makes like a reference towards her he doesn't say anything he just kind of turns and looks at her and wendy kind of notices her and everything and then the next time we end up at that bar wendy takes bill there and then that's when she gets up goes over to the bar and they strike up a conversation and they basically kind of let each other know that hey yes um you know i know that you know that you're in you know it's like a highlander type thing you know so wait you thought that the bartender noticed that she was a lesbian in the the first time they went to the bar no i'm talking about in the conversation that they they had the second time when when wendy went to the bar with bill and she went to the um over to talk to her yeah about ordering you know they kind of like i said I, I make the joke about the highlander thing you know like with highlanders when they know there's another one they, oh. they get their kind of sense about each other right and that's kind of what happens there with them and i just thought it was interesting that ford takes wendy there and then wendy ends up taking bill there but when she goes with bill is when she actually gets up to talk to the boss i don't know i just thought that was it but my theory is that what if she was one of the manson girls oh i didn't even think about that And I say, and the reason why I bring it up is because, like I say, you know, a lot of them did not get arrested. They, a lot of them did not go to jail for, you know, the Manson stuff. That is quite a theory. Do you think she'll be featured in season three? I, I don't know because, like in season one, the the girl that Ford was involved with, the, the theory was that what if she was a BTK's uh, daughter? Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense what you're saying because it doesn't even like show her son or her ex her whole life is very mysterious yeah and like i said she had that long you know floppy hair she kind of looks like a hippie yeah i did notice though the first time they went to the bar she looked a lot more feminine and she was flirting with all the guys and giggling laughing but then the second time she was wearing like a baseball kind of shirt and you know she was kind of standoffish with the guys just kind of like ignoring their advances and shit which i thought was weird it i don't know maybe that's why she approached her the second time because she knew maybe then that she was a lesbian i don't know it just i noticed that the, the two different times you saw the woman her mannerisms towards men were completely different yeah so it was interesting um and i i do agree that a lot of the stuff with wendy and the bartender chick it it it, it, it was a lot to be desired i guess yeah they kind of left a lot on the table with that um i mean i guess because they had more important things to be worried mm-hmm. about like the storyline with bill and the kid and then of course the atlanta murders which takes up a chunk of the whole season and everything so the windy stuff kind of get it, it kind of gets thrown in there but it doesn't feel like it necessarily should have been a part of the season i don't know if you feel that same way i do you are right that's why I was saying in the beginning, I felt like it got a little bit too much into her private life. 
you know, to the point where I was like, God, this again? Like, I don't give a shit. Though, I mean, I guess it was equal with Holden in the first season and Bill in this season. Though they still haven't gotten into the other the doofus's life whatsoever. I don't so, think they need to. It's bad for him. You know, like, you do one thing wrong and then you're excluded from the team forever. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but that one thing is what almost ruined them all together. Well, yeah, but um, I don't remember why he even did it. Because he felt uncomfortable about it or something? Ah. I don't know. I guess maybe. Because the lady, she didn't like it either. And when the time came, she was against them and on the boss's team. Like, heck, I don't appreciate this. It's bullshit. It's offensive. I mean, she didn't rat on them, but she still was against them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's been a few questionable things that they've done, you know, anything. But she, I think she understands that there was a reasoning for it. Mm-hmm. And the whole and let's not forget what that was all about was the whole thing that happened with um ah what the hell's his name I can't remember his name but the, the one with, season yeah in the first season Richard uh, Speck yes yes yeah yeah Speck when he got him going off the rails and everything and, and Ford you know basically gets him all amped up and everything and you know <laughs> that's what that was all about so um. So, okay, so let's go to the big thing from this season, which is the whole Atlanta murders. You know, it it comes about in a way like, okay, there's you know a few kids that have gone missing and whatnot, and they decide to actually go give a helping hand to, you know, the Atlanta PD and everything like that. And once they get there, it slowly turns into something a lot bigger than what was initially thought um what i mean because we both didn't know about this real life story and everything um so as this whole thing kind of played out and it got bigger and bigger um to, in your opinion because you've seen zodiac right yeah did, did it kind of start having that kind of feel like zodiac in a way it did um but at the same time, I felt like Holden was, maybe he's a little bit too confident in himself when it comes to his yeah. determinations, you know? Like, he was confident it was a white guy, not a black guy. Though, having said that, I got to no, say... No, 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 Ford, no, Ford was confident that it was a black guy. Everybody else wanted to say it was a white uh, guy. Sorry, that's what I meant. I said it the wrong, the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure he's correct, but at the same time, like, the mothers of the people that were missing, they didn't want to believe, like, nobody wanted to believe it was anybody but the KKK, which I didn't think was true until you heard I don't either. I mean, I still don't think it's true, though there was that suspicious phone call that, you know, they listened to between the two that was a bit, that could have just been one example. I still don't think it was the KKK running around hunting people, but the mothers... They didn't want to believe it was anybody, but it's possible it was a black guy. Maybe it was. I don't fucking know. But I don't. I felt like they were kind of unappreciative of he and Bill's time and dedication to the whole thing, as was Bill's wife, which I'll get to her next. But um, I felt like they really couldn't win, you know. And then they produced somebody in the end that seems like he could be the guy, and they still don't want to accept it's him either, which I don't know if it was, but, like, I don't know. I just felt well, like... They wasted so, all the time, basically. So, okay, so the guy who eventually gets arrested and charged with 
two, not all 29, but only 27. But uh, no, two of the 27, I'm sorry. And the two that he gets charged with are actually the two guys that were adults, not children. Right? Well, this guy's pretty fucking cocky for somebody who, you know, killed two people. I mean, but he's but he's weird as shit. He definitely so, off. <laughs> he's weird as, and uh, his name is Wayne Williams, and he's actually still in prison. Really? For this? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he has the, like the interviews that they did with him and all that stuff like that that actually happened. Um, and everything they follow him around like he was a national, you know, like he was a local celebrity, and it's like, what the hell are you? Well, he killed me. He's got a lot of balls for going to the mayor's house and shit, like going on the news and talking shit about the police and all this. Like he killed two people, you know. But if you notice, and this is why a lot of people felt like, like the true detective thing, there was more people involved than, you know, the hillbilly dude that we find out in, in True Detective that was doing the killing. It was it was more people involved than just him. Right. right? Same thing here, I believe. There was more pe- there's more there has to be more people involved because if you notice, as long as he wasn't, you know, ruffling the the mayor's feathers or whatnot, they wouldn't come as soon as he takes them to the mayor's house and everything, that's when he gets arrested. Yeah, I thought they were on to something when they were saying that there was a guy who lives by a stadium or something? He was taking pictures uh-huh. of the boys. Uh-huh. I feel and like you find out that there was a bunch of pictures that was taken of black children that, for some reason, was kept out of evidence and just disappeared. Right. Well, why didn't they ever revisit that? If, like, the mothers and shit weren't, like, satisfied, they should have... Well, okay, so I found this out, right? Mm-hmm. So because of this season and bringing, you know, light to this whole case, they decided to reopen the investigation. That's crazy. Because those 27, you know, kid murders was never officially, you know, okay. the cold cases. Did it so stop? Did the killings? That's another question. The, kill, the killings is stopped. It all stopped. But it makes you wonder. Did it stop because they had got their fall guy and it's like, okay, we just have to clean this up. Like I say, it feels like there's a bigger conspiracy to the whole thing. Well, yeah, there wasn't a lot of heat on the case at the time, so that would have been the perfect time to stop if you were going to stop or at least branch out and do it somewhere else. And And I feel like, too, when you think about it, because, you know, anybody who listens like, oh, well, how could it just stop? You know, because they were, he was killing people, you know, left and right for the span of, what, three years. I think it was like from 79 to 81 mm-hmm. that these that these 29 murders happened and 27 of them being the kids that happened, right? And, it, you know, you think about it, like, well, how can it just stop? Well, let's go back to BTK. He does his killing, and then he stops for over 30 years. True. Yes. Until until he gets the urge again, and then his dumb ass, you know, sends in a freaking floppy disk and gets caught like that. <laughs> you know, whatnot. Um, you know, that whole type of thing. Or just like with the Zodiac, he does his killing, he stops, never, he's never caught. But they're confident now that all the cases were connected? Because in the beginning, they weren't confident. They weren't sure. He was trying to make a link to everyone, and everybody was well, saying that, you know, well, it's a- the, it's a reach. The link, the link comes from that one boy, Patrick. 
Pac-Man. When they started real, when the um the black cop when he you know he goes to that to Patrick's mother's house, and oh, you know great. and she tell and and for some reason and even talking about it right now I don't know why it is but that when she tells the story of what Patrick said about when he you know about when when one of the boys went missing and then when another one went missing and then about the one that lived across the street went missing and when he and when she asked him about that and he tells her say mama. He say the man's getting closer. Yeah. And then and then he and then he you know then he gets taken and killed. He's like I don't know for some reason that kind of just brought chills to me for some reason. I, I, and it's still it, it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, it, it, it is, but it just the way she tells that story is real, just real like eerie. Like mm. the fact that he knew all these kids, you know, that was disappearing before him, and then he gets taken and, and is killed. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's a it's a eerie thing. Like if we knew that all the shit was going on, all his friends were disappearing, why trust anybody that you don't know? Unless he got well, that's the thing. well, that's the thing. Who's to say he didn't know? Because let's go back to when when Ford, you know, tested his theory, which was let's have a black guy ride around and kind of entice these kids. And everything, and he get in the, in the undercover cop. He ends up getting four of these kids in the car, right? right? But then when the doofus, when he goes to do it, because he's a white guy going to a black neighborhood, they quickly question him and like, no, nah, we ain't going nowhere with you. <laughs> That's why Ford said he has to be black. Yeah, and it, and it's another thing too, because and and like I say, this is me speaking from being a black man in this regard. You would be more trusting of someone that is familiar in your neighborhood opposed to someone that you don't know from your neighborhood. Well, if I go... Okay, speaking, like, if when you were a kid, if a... I don't know what kind of neighborhood you lived in, but if you lived in an all-black neighborhood and a white guy like that came to your neighborhood, what would you think he was? Exactly. Stay the hell away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, well, me, because of how I was as a kid, too. It didn't matter if he was black or white. If I didn't know who the who the hell you was get the hell away from that's true but but there's some kids and i mean it goes both ways it could be vice versa white neighborhood and a black guy shows up there they might not be you know well receptive opposed to a white guy that they don't know but because he's white you know looks like me type of thing well that's true i went to high school with black kids out of like a thousand and i mean if there was a white guy in my neighborhood it would just be confusing really i'm sorry if there was a black guy in my neighborhood it would have been confusing i wouldn't have automatically thought He's a criminal, but I would have been like, "What is he doing here?" You know. Yeah. So, so, it, it, and so it's especially in that time. I mean, shoot, Atlanta. I mean, we talking about Atlanta. It's it is. I mean, it's like the black capital. You know, of you know. I know they say DC is considered they, the nickname for uh, DC is Chocolate City because people don't realize, but DC is actually predominantly black. It just so happened that's the nation's capital. I learned that from Dave right. Chappelle, but also I learned that Atlanta is a black capital from, I think I stopped at a Popeye's with my parents one time on the way to Florida. We stopped at this ex, I'm not shitting yet. We got out of the car and this whole city must have had like maybe 25,000 people in. I did not see one white soul, not in cars, <laughs> not on sidewalks, nowhere, like everywhere. It was crazy. It looked like a normal town. I mean, so they have normal town people that I had never fucking, I mean, it was so strange. But I mean, that's what you get for growing up in the fucking the boonies. Yeah, but I mean, Atlanta has become like the black mecca 
um, and everything. That's I mean, and, and look at it now. I mean, Tyler Perry. I mean, say what you will about Tyler Perry, but he is the first and right now only black person who owns his own movie studio, and it's in Atlanta. Did I say a Tyler lot of Perry? I don't just mm-hmm. Tyler Perry. No, I'm just saying. Some people, I mean, they have their issues. Me, I have some issues with him. Same, same way I have some issues with Spike Lee. But uh, that's what we'll say that for another podcast. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that he he owns you know a black studio, and well, he has his own studio. He's a black man. He's the only per- black person that has a, their own movie studio. Right. And it's a, and it's in Atlanta. And a lot of stuff has been filmed at his studio. I mean, some of Black Panther was filmed at his studio. Um, yeah. I believe some of The Walking Dead has even been filmed at his studio. And it's in Atlanta? Yeah, it's in Atlanta. Well, shit, I know it. I know he's a good friend of Dr. Phil's, so any friend of Dr. Phil's is a friend of mine. Okay, Chantel. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> just... You're good. Hey, well, what can I say? I'm good with voices. Sometimes. Um... But, but yeah, uh, get, well, get back to the show. Um, cause we went way off the show. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's where Ford's uh, theory came up about, you know, it has to be a black guy. So let's go back to, and I think this is the reason why we had the whole thing with BTK to kind of show that of where you can do all this stuff and then you just stop because this is what happens. I mean, yeah, Wayne Williams, he gets caught. And the murder stopped for all these years, and there hasn't been a, another murder similar to that to happen in Atlanta. So those murders just stopped and went away. But there's a lot of questions still looming over the whole thing. So that's the BTK side. Now, do you remember when they went to talk to the black guy that was he was a soldier and he had killed those women? Yes. And because he wanted to get the other guy off, and he wrote the letters and everything to keep them off of his trail. That's right. Yeah, I and vaguely remember that, yeah. It's, it, it was always funny to me because of how he was talking about them keeping them off of their trail. And it's like, well, you actually put yourself more at risk. <laughs> but in his mind, he was keeping them off off, the, off his trail because they wasn't looking for a black guy that was been doing the murder. You're looking for a white guy. So I felt like that was a reason for that scene to be there because... Once again, everybody's just so wholeheartedly. Oh, it has to be a white guy. Oh, it's the KKK. So it has to be white. They have to be white. Yeah. And Ford's like, no, it, it's probably a black guy. But nobody wants to hear that. And then that commissioner dude, he seemed real sketchy as hell because every time they were making progress with the case or whatnot, he always showed up. And of course, the media always showed up. So there, there was a lot of like sketchy type stuff with with the commissioner with the mayor and certain things like that and then they just come across wayne williams and he becomes the scapegoat and now whether or not he see this is where the whole debate comes in like is he the sole killer or is he or is he the lee harvey oswald well, he was driving around late at night for some suspicious reason, so I think he's involved. Maybe he was just like the, you know, the one that picks the kids up, takes them to whatever place. I don't know. Maybe he works for a white guy. I don't fucking know. Wasn't that guy that lived by the stadium white, or was he black? 
I think the one who lived by the step. Well, they never said if he was black or white. Oh. Uh, I, I believe he was black. But... You, you believe he was what? I believe he was black. Oh, okay. Because it's supposed to be like an older guy. So, I, I don't know. I just I wish know. they'd focus on that a little bit more, but whatever. But I, I think they did it because that's how it kind of played out in real life. So, I guess they didn't want to go like too far away from how it actually went down in real life. Yeah. And, and it kind of raises a lot of questions, and I think that's one reason why the whole cold cases got reopened because of that. So. I wonder if that guy's still alive. Which one? The, the one the that. Was well, if he was old, if he was old, he's probably dead, or he's really old now. Well, they have DNA and shit now that they didn't have back then. They should have reopened it a long time ago. That's true, but I mean, you know how things go. I guess. Um, trying to think. Do you have any more um, questions or uh, grievances you want? <laughs> yeah. Just about Bill's wife. Apart from the mothers who I felt were unappreciative, I felt like Bill's wife was unappreciative of uh, Bill being the primary breadwinner. I mean, she realized what they were doing and that he had to travel back and forth a lot. I don't really understand why she decided to leave. Um, We didn't really talk about that that much, but what did I write about her? I wrote a whole thing about why I didn't like her. Hang on. Okay, so I wrote, Nancy is my personal least favorite character. She gets to chill at home for the most part. You never see her selling houses. While Bill... um, While Bill is sleep-deprived, has to travel the country, and he never said they wouldn't move. I don't know why I made it know that. Um, Her taking her son and leaving Bill was self-serving because of her embarrassment and shame. Okay. Um, well... You disagree? No, I, I, I don't disagree. Actually, I, I was not really a fan of Wendy this season either. Oh. Um, she, Nancy. Because she seemed like... Nancy, I'm sorry, Wendy. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't a yeah. fan of Wendy necessarily either, but she's okay, I guess. Yeah, well, well she's a lot better than Nancy. It's um, true. So... She, uh, yeah, Nancy Wheeler, but anyway, <laughs> stranger thing, right? But, um, she, she became very annoying and, like, in denial about everything that was going on with Brian. And it's like she was pissed with Bill for whatever reason, because he was, Bill was actually, you know, he was trying to act, he was trying to handle it in a civil way and also using his, work training in a way to process a lot of this thing. Whereas, whereas Nancy was just ah, I don't understand. Uh, you know, she's just going flying off at the hands with her garf on um, or whatnot. But um, yeah, she, she just I, it, it makes you wonder what if she had more to do <laughs> more to do with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? What if, what if she knew about it? Because you know how defensive she got in regards to Brian. And she seems like one of those mothers that would, you know, hide shit for her son. She seems like a Norman Bates mom kind of, you know. She's a, she's a she's a smother. Yeah, exactly, smother. Yeah. So, uh, but it's it's weird. It, it, I guess it it 
makes you want to know what's going to happen in season three in regards to them because like i say at the end you know after the whole case is wrapped up bill comes home and the house is empty except for that damn couch which she wanted to get rid of so she left him the couch i'm like god damn it's kind of cold-blooded but... yeah um i mean i guess from her perspective she was dealing with it pretty much by herself because he was traveling a lot but like and i guess it would have been embarrassing to be the talk of the town and shit but what about the mothers of the children who, you know, actually killed the kid? Why the fuck were they the talk of the town? Yeah, that's what I never understood. It's like Brian got all the crap. Why is he the pariah? He didn't kill anybody. He led them to the, you know, now him suggesting to put the, the baby on a cross for some reason is odd. Um, it, it is, but, but at the same time, it, I guess it's the Charles Manson thing. What's worse? Um... What, what he did, or the kids who actually killed the dog when baby did, you know, it's that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like they were looking at what Brian suggested and had them do was worse than the kids who actually killed the kid. Yeah. So. Okay, that's true. But, yeah, I didn't see where she was, you know, the unpopular one in town. I mean, there was like what three other kids. I don't know. It just yeah. was strange. But yeah, I felt like she was kind of a bitch. I'm grateful. Yeah, she, she he said yeah, she would move. He said he's not saying no, that they won't move, but he was in the middle of something. I mean, he's working on his fucking career so they can eat and have a house and shit, and she just couldn't wait. I don't know. I'm taking this too personally for some reason. I think it irritated me a lot when I was watching it, and that's why I had to write it down. It's, no, it's, no, no, I understand. I, I completely understand. And like I said, just the way, they just had her turn to like a nagging Nancy. Man. Yes, I don't remember her that much from the first season at all, but from what I saw... This well, that's because, I mean, you didn't get a lot of her in the first season. I didn't even, I mean, if you had asked me about his wife, I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything. I had no clue what she looked like. I didn't know what her name was or what she did for a living. Apparently, she sells houses. Yeah, and her kid um, killed, you know, well, her, her kid and some other kids you know, did a dastardly thing at, at one of her properties. Yes. So that was the last of my questions. Well, that's all I wrote down, anyways. Oh, uh, so to wrap this up, they kind of do like this, kind of like what they did with the first season. You know, we, after like everything was done, we get like, one final stinger with the old BTK. Now, in the end of the first season, we get him cruising the neighborhood. You know, what not in Kansas City. But this um, scene that we get at the end with him is him with this freaking mask on and dressed up in women's lingerie <laughs> to basically, like, bound himself in a way. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, what would you think of that scene? I mean, it's kind of creepy. I thought he was going in there... And it was going to be like some woman or something on the bed or something. He was going to That's torture. That's what I thought, but ugh, I don't know. I'm surprised his wife took him back. Because, um, I mean, she did. They had children okay. together. I don't know if they were just dating at the time because I believe he stopped killing people because, you know, he wanted to raise his family. And I feel kind of, I feel bad for people like that, you know, because uh, from what we know, when he got arrested as an adult, I mean, he was a church-going man. He was a family man. So I imagine he tried to, like, work on 
his demons and shit for years and years and just couldn't get these uncontrollable desires as a pervert out of his head. And that's why, um, but I mean, at least he stopped killing people. Uh, so maybe he, maybe he did feel sorry though. If he felt sorry, I don't know why he would have tried to, you know, let the police know he was still alive. I guess his ego got the hold of him, but maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Cause I think he was, only apprehended in what, like 2008? Yeah. I don't know if the show's gonna go that far. No, I don't think it's. So, I mean, season one was 1977 into 78. Season two went from 79 to 81. So, I mean, it all depends on how they decide to stretch it out. And which what because I guess I'm assuming this is the last that we see of BTK. Yeah, which is why, like I said, why the fuck did they they drag him all through the first season like it was gonna be some big deal and it wasn't even anything. They didn't even work on the case hardly at all. Like what they they had that one interaction with one witness to one murder and that was it. Unless, unless yes, the the final season comes to 2008 to where he gets captured. <laughs> that would be a bit strange. That's 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 the only thing I can think of. Do you think that this whole show is working around B2K? I, I think so, because it starts with him. You know, and he's sprinkled in throughout season one. He's sprinkled in throughout well, season one. Maybe, but is the next season the last season? No, remember I told you, it's, the, it's planned five seasons. You were talking about this show. For some reason, I thought yeah. we were talking about something else. No, no, this show. Okay, but, five seasons. Oh. Okay, that could work then, because I imagine by the fifth season, they could be in the two thousand. Well, they could be if they jumped a bit. Yeah, they, I, I think they will. I mean, because I'm assuming season three we're gonna get Ted Bundy, probably even um, Jeffrey Dahmer, maybe. Season four, I'm pretty sure we will get Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, really? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we're gonna get to good old Jeffrey. I hope so. He's one of the better, well, one of the more interesting ones, anyways. I don't want to throw it around terms like better or my favorite because yeah. it's not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, overall, um, your impressions with this season um, and anything that you would like to see them do, or like cases you would like to see covered, like in future seasons. Well, season three, I should say. Um. Well. Um, I, I did enjoy it. I don't want to say I liked it as much as season one, but that's because I like season one a lot. If I had to give it, okay, I'd give season one like eight out of, sorry, nine out of ten, maybe I'd give this one eight out of ten. Just because I felt like it focuses on things and then doesn't really conclude much, you know? Now, like you said, they could be, you know, moving on to the next season, but as far as this Atlanta case goes, that's it. That's a wrap. So that was kind of disappointing. But still, it was interesting to watch anyways. I just wish it had ended with a little bit more, you know, clarity. Um, it, but, but that's how it ended in, but that's how it ended in real life. So, like I said, they followed how it ended in real life. I guess so. Um, in the future, though, I'd like to see Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. And once we get into the 90s, I'd really hope to see Andrew Cunanan, because I know he was on the FBI's top 10 while he was... Um, I got, I got one for you. Yes. I got one for you. 
Elena Winners. Yes. Uh, well, she's a big deal around on these parts. Right? Yeah, because, you know, it, it, funny story real quick. Um, when all that happened with her and everything, you know, I thought that happened in Texas. Really? Well, you would think so. Like, she definitely <laughs> looks like a Texas kind of woman. But, I mean, there's plenty of crazy Florida fucking people out there. That's true. She doesn't look like 90s Texas. But, yeah. Um, yeah, though, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, but, yeah, 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 she would be interesting, too. Not one of my favorites. Not just because she's ugly and gross, but mostly because she's ugly and gross. But, but, she, but she's an interesting case. She is. A monster I really enjoyed very much. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Andrew Cunanan, really hope they get to that eventually. Because, I mean, what's... You know, bigger than celebrity assassinations, not a whole lot. Um, OJ? Exactly. <laughs> celebrity shit, I eat it up. I think that's why I became so obsessed with it, because it started off you know, as me being obsessed with one person and ended up like on the complete opposite of the spectrum, like obsessed with another. It's crazy. It, it, it should have been called an Andrew Cannon show. It should have. It fucking should. He's a the assassination of Gianni Versace by the more interesting Andrew Kinnan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the assassination of, of Jesse James by the cow Robert Ford. But, well, I'm reading a book right now called Three Month Fever, the Andrew Kinnan story. It should have been called that. Jesus. Based. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Three Month Fever, the Andrew Kinnan story. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think uh, Easy Lover will ever be <laughs> listened to the same. It never will. Just like, like that song came on in my parents' house while I was out of town, and I started dancing in front of everybody just to make Christian laugh. <laughs> that same exact stupid dance because I've seen it so many times. But it's just like that uh, that Peter Gabriel song that plays in um in a uh, season two of Mind Hunter, uh, Darkness. When he that's the song that's playing when he you know. Um, do his little bondage thing there in that motel room with the mask on. Alright. Yeah, that song. I've, I've heard that song before, but like I said, after seeing that scene and listening to that song <laughs> played there, like, I can't listen to that song the same no more. It's like Goodbye Horses. You oh, can't oh, listen shit. to that without thinking about uh, Buffalo oh. Bill. Damn it. <laughs> right? So, uh. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a good season. Like you said, I, I, me personally, I feel like I have to look at the two seasons separately. They they both good in their own right for different reasons, I think. Um, so I won't compare it like that. I just say that they're both great for different reasons. If for anyone who hasn't seen season one or season two, and you're listening to this, definitely check out the show because it is a really good show. Uh, hopefully, this season brings more award attention to the show. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and everything, because like I say, it, it really is a good show. It's it good. is. I mean, if it's funny. Can, if they give True Detective anything, they really need to look at this show and think of it the same way. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting where there's a show that literally you don't see any, you don't really see too much of like action in the show. It's more conversations and everything, but it's so intriguing and so intense. A lot of it. That's what keeps you interested in what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, so that's um, pretty much it. Um, and Chantel, anything you want to plug or perhaps um, when your show may be coming back? Yeah. Um, 
Christian and I were talking while I was away about doing a show. Completely forgot what his idea was. But he said, what the hell did I say we were going to do? I wanted to do the Disney show while I was out of town. And he said, we waited too long to do the Disney show because The Lion King's been out forever. So now he wants to wait until the next Disney show comes out. Which, is something Disney coming out in a couple weeks? Oh, no. But he wants to discuss, he said we could talk about the streaming wars and shit because of Disney. That'll be, like, our way in to talk about Disney. I think something else is coming out anyways. What is it? Uh, I have no clue. That beats the shit out of me. But anyways, I want to do that show because I already took the notes for it and shit. So it has to get done now. It's just sitting there, undone, waiting. Um, but he did mention something else that he wants to do this week. Totally forgot what it was. I haven't spoken to him since I left the house, so I don't know. I'll have to get back to you. But everyone, we do have a show coming up about something at some point this week, hopefully. That's not yeah, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we are at Forfrodo Pod on Twitter and uh, jointly Movies for Life 17 on Instagram. Um, though I haven't written a review in ages because I've not been to the movies for fucking ages. Are you going to see Hustlers? What is it? Hustlers. Hustlers? Jennifer Lopez, Constance Wu, oh, Kiki Palmer. I really doubt it. I don't like J-Lo. Did I ever tell you? Apparently, yeah, she's a bitch face. But apparently, she's really good in this. Really? I don't like her acting either. I really don't like her. I don't like. I don't think I've seen one movie she's ever done that I really liked. Anaconda, probably the only movie she's ever done. Out of sight? I actually liked. And this is still not a good movie, really. But Out of sight? Okay, well, I'm glad you agree, because most of her movies are pretty shitty, and I'm surprised she's considered an actress. You, you, you don't like Out of Sight? Oh, that's what you're saying. I thought you were saying I'm the same, like you agree with me with Anaconda. Um, no, uh, Out of Sight, was that George Clooney? Yes, it was. I don't think I remember it that much, but if I did like it, it was like 99% of George Clooney and no percent of J-Lo. <laughs> um... Money Train with her and uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. No, I didn't see that. Oh, you should watch that. Have you seen Maid Manhattan? Um, look, all I know is she plays a maid. Rhymes is some rich, wealthy guy that they try to do some damn pretty woman bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. And she did one recently where she, the backup plan was that it was called. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Well, enough. That's that's actually pretty good. I know it's kind of a. Yeah, I didn't see it at the time. I was like, I don't know, eleven when it came out. It didn't really spark my interest. Is is good, but it's it's basically um sleeping with the enemy. Okay, I like sleeping with the enemy. I do too. It's, it's good. Uh, one of Julia Roberts' best. Yes. I, the last time I saw Patrick Bergen do anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a name drop. Actually, the last thing I saw him in was a movie with Vinny Jones here some years ago. I think he did some movie where he played St. Patrick. It was like a TV movie. Literally. Oh, made for St. Patrick's Day, like on ABC or something. That's still like, yeah. fucking... It's still like 20 years ago. Like last month. Yeah, I mean... He's a scary yeah, guy. Just... He scared the shit out of me when I saw that movie. And that mustache was so serious. He reminded me of my father. He looks like dead. <laughs> Not joking. Really Wait, isn't, isn't your dad in The Irishman? Or am I just, or am I, uh, that a spoiler? That I, that I just tell I'm you not joking. If I put the pair of them, like, in a picture side by side, it's crazy. <laughs> he do, 
You know, your dad do look like he could he could have been in that life. He does, yeah. He, he really does. He really does. Um, but uh, as far as for me, um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, JMovieTalk or the J Giles, whichever one. Um, I don't have any new uh, movie talk episodes, but I did do a guest spot um, on ScreenAddicts.com where I was a guest with um, Zena Dixon as we talked about um, Eric Dickerson's uh, movie Bones starring Snoop Dogg. So you can definitely check that episode out over on ScreenAddicts.com and everything like that. Um, and then, since it is Friday the 13th uh, this week, as we're recording on Monday, I am returning back to Movie Talk um, for a special um, Friday the 13th um, episode where I'm actually doing my second fan commentary as I'll be doing um, Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, as a fan commentary track. So I'll be releasing that on Friday the 13th. Very good. So we look forward to that. And of course, all the other stuff that we have coming down the pipe on uh, TV Zone Podcast Network. Such so Look forward to it. Yeah, so look forward to all that good stuff. Uh, any last words, Shantae? Oh, uh, no. Um, look forward to whatever's coming out. Because um, there's a lot. There, there's actually a lot now. That's what I was asking. I was like, what's coming up next on TV Zone? We have a new podcast. It's actually a football, the official football podcast of the network. It's called Three and Out. It's uh, hosted by John Gruber and uh, Moneymaker Chris ah. from um, Grand Slam Podcast. Good luck, but I uh, never listen to that shit. I'd rather listen to things. I fucking hate football. Well, you should listen to them because I, I mean, if you do listen to it, like I say, they, they had they, they blah. I'm having a stroke here. Um, <laughs> they had their first episode uh, uploaded um, last week. Uh, did a good job with it. I really enjoyed it um, and everything. Because John is hosting. This is his first time doing a podcast. So oh. you seem a little nervous. Yeah, you seem a little nervous on it. Oh, Godspeed, Gruber. Good job. What's that? Godspeed, Gruber. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he, he, he's doing fine. Um, but yeah, he's a new addition to the network and everything. So probably hear him on some other uh, podcasts. He's actually kind of filled in for me on Grand Slam the last two weeks uh, for various reasons. Oh, yeah. Welcome um, to the family. Yep, there you go. So who knows? Maybe he could uh, be on an episode of uh, For Frodo with Chantel and Christian. If he Ooh. likes foul language, drinking, and movies, he is welcome. <laughs> so there you go, John, if you're listening. There you go. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode and we'll be back, uh, for the deuce. That's what we will be doing. Yeah. When is that? Well, the deuce has started, um, tonight. Actually. Really? Uh, so we, yeah, we got to work out a day when we record that. Okay. We'll be back to do the deuce and who knows what else. Um, so thank you guys for listening and peace out. Hey. I'm stuck. I don't know.